squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Good to be back in New York. Um, Florida's great. Uh, weather's fine and all that stuff, but um, it's a little edgy down there, to be honest. It's a little, uh, the atmosphere is uh, not as, uh, it's not exactly paradise in Florida. I just, um, mm, people are at each other's throats there, I think even worse than here. It's a tense place. Uh, it's a tense place. There's something about it. Can't quite put my finger on One thing I don't like is I couldn't, I temporarily forgot what month it was. You know, it's very hot. It's very nice. And uh, what month is it again? It's uh, March. It's Yeah, it's March. It, it, it fades away very, very quickly. Um, good to be home. And <laughs> very nice to be acknowledged by the president of the United States, the real, the, the, the good one, Donald Trump. Uh, so the big rally on Saturday night in Waco, Texas, all of a sudden, I wasn't watching it, actually. I was kind of on vacation i was at a beautiful resort swimming with my little baby my little baby and my wife uh uh supervising all of us (laughs) i needed more supervision from the baby but we were in that pool swimming back and forth and then i get out of the pool and my phone has gone completely berserk and text messages from all over the world and uh and this is what happened great kelly has been great rob over there has been great hey we can stop it right there What he was talking about is um, my coverage on January 6th and Tucker not running away from the information that Tucker provided. Now, let's hear the whole thing, okay? He, uh, so he, he mentions a couple of people at Fox, like Tucker, who uncovered that new footage or was given to him by Speaker McCarthy. And it shows, well, some really critical things like Officer Sicknick alive when they told us he had already been hit in the head with a fire extinguisher and was dying. That wasn't true. That was a lie. Uh, it shows us the horns guy, Jacob Chansley, being escorted by police like like almost like they were working together the cops with jacob chansley very weird inexplicable and uh all right do that one more time greg kelly has been great rob over there has been great newsmax just got its 15 million people back which is great which is great newsmax they they tried to destroy newsmax what they've done to OAN is horrible, horrible. But they tried to destroy Newsmax and through a lot of different things, they got it back. Direct TV, they didn't like it. And uh, they had very high ratings and they took it off. That's something pretty unusual. But by, while leftist thugs are allowed to roam the streets, killing, looting, burning, raping and pillaging, Patriotic parents, Christians, conservatives, pro-life activists are being hounded by the FBI and the DOJ like terrorists. They're being treated so badly. Well, that's all true. They're allowed to spy on my campaign is he, and nothing Is happened. he done talking about me? <laughs> I guess that was, that, that was it. But it was very, very cool, and I appreciated it very, very much. It was uh, So I watched the rally last night on the plane. Do you know how good Wi-Fi is on the plane now? I mean, it's really good. I was on JetBlue, and it's like I was, you know, in my house. I could watch movies. I could do whatever I wanted. I could tweet. I could, uh, and I enjoyed it very much. So uh, I watched the rally, uh, most of it, most of it. I still got a little while to go. Um, it was great. It was impressive. It was, I mean, this is, <laughs> it's no secret why the hell the guy does so well. 
And you know what? DeSantis, oh boy, what's going to happen? What's going to happen here? For reasons I don't totally... Look, I like Ron DeSantis. He's going to be good someday as president, but he has some work to do. He's got some improving to do. He's not as good as they've been telling us. And apparently the polls, I mean, he really has taken a hit. All right, hold on. Let's hear from Trump on that. Cut one. I'm a loyalist, and, and when a man comes to me, tears in his eyes... He's at almost nothing in the polls, and he's fighting somebody that's at 42, and he's got almost $30 million in the bank. He's at almost nothing. He's got no cash. And I said, I can't give you an endorsement. There's no way you can win. You're dead. But I saw him, so he came, and he really wanted. I said, you can't win, can you? How do you can win? Sir, if you endorse me, I'll win. Please. Please, sir, endorse me. And I said, all right, let's give it a shot, because honestly, the Secretary of Agriculture, Adam Putnam, good man, but I never met him. I didn't know him. All right, he goes on and on and on like this. And, uh, you know, you know, you know the story. DeSantis uh, wanted his endorsement, got his endorsement, and uh, the rest is history. Became governor, barely, back in 2018, beating, what was his name? Trump called him a crackhead, which is basically true. (laughs) Gillum, Andrew Gillum, not only a crackhead, uh, a meth head or whatever, but he was, and we want him to get better. And, uh, but he was arrested on allegations of very serious corruption. Not some, not some, you didn't put in the, in the memo on your check, the right thing. No, something really, really bad, accepting bribes, that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything else to say about that? Hey, um, look, one of the things that, that draws me to Trump is, uh, this whole thing, it sounds trite, it sounds cliche, but he will say and he will stick up uh, for people uh, when most people would be scared to do so. Most people are taking this woke nonsense and they're keeping their head down. You either got to go with it or you got to keep your mouth shut. And that's not the country I want to live in. And Donald Trump, more than any political figure, and it's... <laughs> It's not a show. You could say anybody, you know, there are plenty of people, there are plenty of woke critics out there, sure, but do they have a track record? Do they, and do they really mean it? Or are they just kind of, okay, this sounds, this is popular at the moment, or this is a popular thing with the base, or the popular thing, or it's being woke is unpopular. I mean, Mitt Romney, he wouldn't stand up to any of that stuff. And this stuff is real, really bad. And so this is the new, Prime Minister, what do they call him? The First Minister of Scotland. All right, this is a guy. He's the first. His name is Yusuf Hamza. And he doesn't have a, well, he's got a big beef with white people. I know it's in another country, but it might as well be happening here. It is happening here. Listen to this. Now, this is the kind of speech you make. Hopefully, it ends your career because he has such hatred and resentment. For a group based on the color of their skin, Yusuf Hamza, parliamentarian, the next leader of uh, Scotland. And, uh, well, here we go. Senior positions in Scotland are filled almost exclusively by those who are white. Take my portfolio alone. The Lord President, white. The Lord Justice Clark, white. Every High Court judge, white. The Lord Advocate, white. The Solicitor General, white. The Chief Constable, white. Every Deputy Chief Constable, white. Every Assistant Chief Constable, white. The Head of the Law Society, white. The Head of the Faculty of Advocates, white. Every Prison Governor, white. 
and not just justice, the chief medical officer white, the chief nursing officer white, the chief veterinary officer white, the chief social work advisor white, almost every trade union in this country headed by people who are white. In the Scottish Government, every director general is white. Every chair of every public body is white. White! White! And that apparently is a bad thing. I mean, right? There, you can hear it. You can feel it. Oh, by the way, what's the uh, what's the racial breakdown of Scotland? I mean, I don't. I mean, they just happen to live there. I mean, what do you? Um, but you're feeling it. You've seen it. I don't care what your color is. You should not be judged by um, the exterior. What's on the surface, right? Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Asian, and that is very, very fashionable right now. It's very, very. Uh, in, and it's very, very dangerous. And not only do they want uh, people to be, uh, I guess, counted based on their race, but they're forcing people to vote in a certain way based on their race. Look at the campaign they waged against white women. That whole Karen thing. And by the way, I don't think... Can I do Trump doing... Stormy horseface Daniels. They don't like it when I say horseface. And I keep hearing, well, that's not going to appeal to suburban women. I don't I don't know if you can characterize anybody like that anymore, right? People are people. People are different. Suburban women, do they do they have a certain special connection with Stormy? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's totally fine. And I also love this because, you know, we have people in America, political prisoners, over-incarcerated, overcharged because of January 6th. We have dead Ashley Babbitt. Nobody ever talks about her. Nobody ever sticks up for her. Except... <laughs> Our guy. Cut three. Under Joe Biden, American patriots are being arrested and held in captivity like animals. Look at what's happening in Washington. And I will tell you, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the expert. She's been to that prison many times. She's described. She is described. There is nobody that has described what's happening in that prison. It's a hellhole. And these are soldiers and policemen and firemen and medics and doctors in a couple of cases. These are people that shouldn't have been there. And when you look at the Tucker Carlson tapes from two weeks ago and you see so many things that turned out to be false, very important what Tucker's done, what Sean has done, what Laura did. Laura did a piece last night that was incredible. Yeah. And, um, Laura, well, a lot of Fox actually blew that stuff off. <laughs> they, they did. Laura's great. But um, the daytime people, they blew it off. Uh, quite frankly, our, our pals over there at Fox and Friends, they didn't seem to be interested at all. Um, but I'm just glad that he is uh, not forgetting and won't forget. And he won't forget. Let's see. Did you see Joe Biden up in? Hey, here's something that Donald Trump did at that rally. That was very presidential and very strong. He came out and he spoke very early on about what happened in Mississippi over the weekend. I mean, Mississippi, that town was destroyed by that tornado in the middle of the night. The town is gone. I think uh, Joe Biden put out a tweet and it was one of the first things he said. He said right out of the gate, you know, the people in, in Mississippi and he just, what did he do? He led. He led, unlike uh, unlike the current occupant of the White House, who takes weekends off. That guy can't be bothered. Now, I could be wrong, but I did not see him all weekend long. Did he? Did he appear? I'll take it back and I'll apologize, but I did not see one peep out of Joe Biden. 
Uh, I saw the tweet. I saw, you know, we're, we're going to um, declare it a disaster area. But why can't he show his face in public? Now, he might have been really wiped out from that trip to Canada. <laughs> is there any jet lag when you go to Canada? No. You saw what he did up there, right? Oh, boy. This is, uh, I mean, you might as well just call it a day right now, huh, Joe? Give me a break. He's talking to the parliament up there. You heard about this, right? Maybe not because the fake news, they buried it. They covered it up. Go ahead. And legal pathways for migration to seek safety in humanitarian, on a humanitarian basis while discouraging unlawful migration that feeds exploitation and human trafficking. So today, I applaud China for stepping up. Excuse me, I applaud Canada. <laughs> I'm, you can tell what I'm thinking <laughs> about China. I won't get into that. Wow. The uh, laugh out loud, huh? That was, man, they were laughing. They were laughing, not with you, Joe, at you, and thereby at us. And they all are. And they all are. This can't stand. This can't last, all right? We're going to take our country back. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, a mass shooting in Nashville, Tennessee at a Christian school Reportedly, three children killed, oh boy, and three adults killed. Uh, Let's see, female shooter killed. Female shooter killed. That's a very rare thing. It just is. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like, you know, 99.9% of these uh, mass shooters are are men. Although I do remember the woman who uh, shot up that school in San Diego. You know that David Bowie song, I Don't Like Mondays? Tell me why I don't like Mondays. You know that song, remember? Well, anyway, that was the excuse she gave. This 16-year-old girl who shot up the school right across the street from where she lived in San Diego. They said the cop, when the cops arrested her, why would you do it? She said, I don't like Mondays, and it was a Monday. And uh, word got to David Bowie, and he wrote a song about that. Um, that is incredibly unusual, although it does make me think of Stop and Frisk. You know, Stop and Frisk, it's... Um, oh, you know, it's so biased. It's biased. It's... Uh, well, the way the judge would have it, Judge Shinland, who was removed from the case because she was so uh, corrupt and biased, and uh, basically they kicked her out of being a judge. She's the one who uh, ruled against the NYPD, but it turned out she was guilty of misconduct. And three months later, they had to uh, stay the case. They it was stayed. We, like we're not. You can't. Anything the judge said or ruled is invalid until we get to the bottom of her corruption. Well, she quit. And then the city of New York quit because de Blasio became the mayor and said, oh, no, 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 we're going to listen to everything the judge said. But according to um, liberals, uh, when it comes to stop and frisk, everybody should be stopped according to their representation in the population. So New York City is basically half uh, women, half women. So half the stops should be women, right? It's absurd. It's totally absurd. Um, If you look at the 911 calls, the 911 calls, that's the best data available. And the description offered to the 911 operators about the race of those involved, well, that will address the racial, I don't want to call them disparities, but the, the, the patterns as to who's stopped and who's frisked. And oh, by the way, I say that as somebody who was stopped and frisked, no kidding, twice in my life. Me. Yep. I didn't have a problem with it, to be honest. One time it was a park. It was late at night. I was walking home. A cop stopped me. No kidding. One of the CID. And another time it was on Long Island and I'm walking around minding my own business in the afternoon. A cop pulls up 
Hey, well, I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, all right, yeah, you check out. Uh, well, there's a you know, somebody told me that there was like a domestic dispute in in the neighborhood, and I look like the ex husband who had a res- there was a restraining order against the, the the person. Handling legal matters is stressful, so let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. Happened to me twice. Although, granted, I wasn't frisked, but I was stopped, I was questioned, and they asked to see my ID. So these things happen. It used to keep us very, very safe. And now, oh, I saw that tape of an Ohio cop. It happened about a year ago, but he tries to stop someone. And, of course, after summer of Black Lives Matter, a police officer trying to effect a constitutionally valid stop what are you stopping me for, you racist, right? That's what happened. And the guy, the suspect, pushed on the cop, pushed on him really hard and ran away. Well, you're a cop. You got to pursue. And he took out a stun gun. Anyway, the cop was shot in the head. The cop was shot in the head. And that approach to law enforcement, where did that come from? That came from the mainstream media. That came from the woke news. That came from the left. That came from Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Barack Obama. That attitude was fostered, assisted, promoted and now they're trying to say well uh are you guys supporting president trump that's going to lead to violence no it's not no it's not they're trying to control the way we speak you can only use words that are good right diversity equity inclusion when donald trump was uh kind of warning about death and destruction he wasn't calling for it he was like listen these things you guys the fake news you guys say up and down that MAGA's capable of these things. MAGA's not, but you talk it up enough. Could it happen? Oh, by the way, I hear Alvin Bragg. They sent him uh, horrible uh, fake poison. That's bad whenever it happens. Like when it happened to Eric Trump. You know they did that to him? Fake news wasn't uh, going up and down about the anti-Trump mania that may have led to that. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There's uh, a lot of stuff on that Hunter Biden laptop, but perhaps the uh, oddest, weirdest, um, and most undiscussed corner of the laptop involves Louis Free. Louis Free, the former director of the FBI. So did you know that Louis Free made arrangements to give Joe Biden's children tens of thousands of dollars as a gift? As a gift. As a gift. Former director of the FBI gives the vice president's grandchildren. They're not related. He's not their uh, godfather. He's not their cousin. He's not FBI director. Gave Joe Biden tens of thousands of dollars for Joe Biden's grandkids. And then they had to go back and forth about how to actually deliver the money because, uh, you know, there are tax, tax implications. Hunter was involved in some of that. Isn't that crazy? What's that about? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking into that. That is a, you're so, these people are so greedy, the Bidens. 
Can you imagine anybody, like just some stranger, offering you that kind of money? I don't care if he's a friend. I mean, and Louis Free is not known as a rich man, is he? I mean, I think he's done very well in the private sector. Louis Free was FBI director. Uh, Bill Clinton nominated him. Uh, he became FBI director in 1993, stick around till 2001, and uh, basically became a real thorn in Clinton's side. And that's fine. But I think his, mo- his big loyalty just might be to the swamp. I don't know. It's a very strange thing. I actually met him once. Very nice guy. But how in the hell do you, why would you do it? That's swamp. Is that, is that the swamp? That's the swamp for you. All right. Female shooter killed three kids and three adults, according to police, in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, the shooter herself is killed. And the shooter is described as a teenager. This is, uh, it's most unusual. All right. Hey, do you remember, was it a a year ago or so, Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg, that degenerate fool, Snoop Dogg, who was involved in a murder uh, way back when, but now now he's all cool. I mean, now he's, uh, I don't know, he smokes dope with Martha Stewart, right? And he's got this show, he's got that show, and he's at the um, uh, Super Bowl show. Remember, he was the halftime entertainment, him and Dr. Dre. Uh, He can't sing. I can't understand what he's talking about. But I have heard that one phrase in one of his songs. And I had no idea what it meant, but I knew other people would say it. They would say it a lot. And it was supposed to be like, I'm hip. Now I guess I can't say it. I don't know what it means, but it might mean, I guess, was it code for the N-word? I have heard this word or this phrase a million times in the past 15 years, I would say. I knew people... (laughs) People would say it. I didn't know what they were trying to be cool, whatever. I don't know. Um, I knew it, it was Snoop Dogg related. That's all I knew. Well, apparently in uh, in certain neighborhoods, it's an affectionate thing for the N-word, or maybe it's not so affectionate. It rhymes with drizzle, okay? It rhymes with drizzle. And there's another word that also rhymes with drizzle. So some anchor on Mississippi was trying to be kind of Hip and cool, and uh, she let it rip, and she got fired for this. Go ahead. Before we know it, she'd have a Snoop Dogg tattoo on her shoulder. A sh- on my n- <laughs> I'm telling you. Julie, what do you think about that? Huh. Huh, she says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, <laughs> the woman who said, I, 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 I'm not even going to, I can't. Rhymes with drizzle. Faux drizzle my drizzle. All right, that's what I'll say, because I would like to stick around here. Uh, she gets a can. Now, her name is, she's been anchoring the news for a long time. She's been anchoring the news down there in Mississippi. I kind of vaguely remember her because I lived in Mississippi for uh, two years in the 90s. And I think she was she was down there at the sun. Um, why is it that Snoop Dogg can say that at the Super Bowl and everybody thinks it's fabulous, but this one poor anchor in Mississippi uh, loses her job because of that? Now, I want to hear it one more time. Somebody else brought up Snoop Dogg. Uh, somebody else brought it up, right? Can I hear one more time? Let's see if we can crack the code. Before we know it, she'd have a Snoop Dogg tattoo on her shoulder. A sh- on my n- <laughs> I'm telling you, Julie, what do you think about that? Huh. Huh. <laughs> you know, Julie seems to be hipper than all of us. All right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, Deadline, Deadline.com. There has been no sign of Mississippi Morning News anchor woman since she voiced a Snoop Dogg phrase on air earlier this month. Barbie Bassett. Has not been on air 
for the NBC affiliate WLBT since March 8th when her team were discussing the rapper's addition to his wine line. Uh, Bassett said, well, what she just said. And actually, they're writing it right here. They're writing it right here in Deadline.com. If you can write that right there in the, on the web, when the idea of a Snoop collaboration with a newsroom journalist was raised, uh, <laughs> the station's chief meteorologist, as well as anchor Bassett, has previously caused controversy with a comment referring to a black reporter's grandmammy on air. She later apologized. She is no longer listed on the station's website. New York Post reports the story has received no comment from Bassett, WLBT, or Snoop Dogg. <laughs> You can't sing a Snoop Dogg song. Can I can I see it one more time, if you don't mind? One more time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Before we know it, she'd have a Snoop Dogg tattoo on her shoulder. A s*** on my I'm telling you. Julie, what do you think about that? Huh, she says. I'm glad I don't have to do any of that uh, fake banter anymore. Not that we would ever. That, that was the thing with Rosanna and I. We'd keep it real. We wouldn't do the fake stuff. We'd keep it real. Uh, that sounded a little bit uh, the the anchor. You know who's really to blame here is the male anchor who starts like it's like a ha 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 ha. Let me hear that way one more time. Huh? Well, we know it. She'd have a Snoop Dogg tattoo on her shoulder. A s*** on my I'm telling you, Julie. What do you think about that? A Snoop Dogg. <laughs> a Snoop Dogg. Well, he's trying. Everyone's just trying to get through, right? Everybody, everybody, everybody. Hey, you know who's doing great? Joe Tacapina. Joe Tacopina is uh, Donald Trump's lawyer in this whole Alvin Bragg matter. And Alvin Bragg. <laughs> now, he is a um, uh, he's a George Soros guy. And what's the big thing that John, Donald Trump called? He called him a Soros-backed animal. A Soros-backed animal. And now they're trying to say not only is that racist, it's anti-Semitic. It's like we, I, neither of those things are anti-Semitic or racist. Uh, he got a half million dollars from Soros, and Soros seems pretty damn committed to dismantling this country. Um, they're going on and on and on. That that He said it on Truth Social. Donald Trump did. Oh, and you saw the thing with the bat. You can't hold a baseball bat anymore, right? You can't do that? Um, first of all, tonight on the Newsmax show, we're going to put a clip together. I'm going to show you 50 people calling each other uh, animals uh, without a hint of racial animus, okay? Um Who's ever heard of the movie Animal House, right? That was a that was kind of a hit at one point, wasn't it? Sandra, did you ever see Animal House? What's our number here? 848-9222-800-848-9222. Hi, Sandra. Hi, how you doing? I have to I just want to tell you I was watching the rally and he's mentioning Mark Levin and he's mentioning Hannity and I'm saying to my friend Lorraine, what about Greg Kelly? And then all of a sudden, like he heard me. There he said, Greg Kelly. I was so happy. Rightfully deserved. Well, right? not only did he say Greg Kelly, he said, uh, I think he said, Greg Kelly is fantastic or something like that. Can I hear I that know. clip one more time? One more time, please. Greg Kelly has been great. Rob over yeah, there Yeah, one more time. Greg Kelly has been great. Greg Kelly has been great. <laughs> Rob over Yeah. Rob. Who's this Rob character? Get them talking about Rob. 
No, I know who it is. It's Rob Schmidt. Great guy. He's got the office next to mine. Uh, Rob is on uh, Newsmax at 7 o'clock. You can find me at 10 o'clock. Anyway, Sandra, thank you. I thought it was delightful. Me too. So I wanted to say, I was listening to, first of all, last Sunday I was listening to Dick Morris regarding the bat, and he said it was not authentic, it was fabricated. Then this morning I'm listening to Sydney. What bat? Uh, you, boy, you listen to a lot of radio. You know, Sandra... I thought it was special between you and me, but that's okay. You ah, listen to everybody here great. at WABC. That's fine. Great. All right. So, uh, Sandra, what, no. what about the bat? What about what bat? I don't understand. Okay. What bat? Okay. There's a picture. You can't, you can't call Donald. up here with uh, uh, observations of uh, Dick Morris's show and then run them by me. Okay? That's a policy going forward. All right? For everybody. Listen. listen. That's, no, no, you listen, Sandra, if you don't mind. I love you, but you listen. Okay? I don't need, I don't need a summary about Sid's show and Dick Morris's show and Brian Kilmeade's show. Okay? This is the great, right? I, I, I'm good. I don't need to know what those guys are doing. They don't need to know what I'm doing. All right? I think it works better that way. I love those guys, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, this is a solo anchored show. But keep going. All right? Uh, I, okay. I will respond this one time to what Dick Morris had to say. No, it's not even about what he had to say. There was a picture of Donald Trump holding a bat. Yeah. And it was very like an, I know, an angry I know. thing for. Okay. So I looked myself today, this morning, to see about bats. This man, Donald Trump, loves bats. He has a picture with Pence in the White House with a bat. There's a convention from Timberwood where they make bats, you know, out of the wood, and he's there holding the bat. There's millions of pictures of Donald Trump holding a bat. So this picture, in my opinion, not anybody else's, was made from somebody. They put it on Troop Social, and they blamed it on Trump. And I think he had nothing to do with it. That's really what I wanted to say. All right, well, that's fine. Coming from you, I can t- Yeah, you're right. Um, I didn't know that about all the pictures of Trump with a bat. I do know this. I've seen lots of politicians with bats. You know, batter up. Here he comes, swinging. He's going to crush the... Uh, I remember in 1986, there was a cover of Alphonse D'Amato, a New York magazine. He had a swinging owl and watch out, Democrats. And he had his big baseball bat. And uh, it was uh, Al D'Amato. He was running for a reelection. He was running against Mark Green, of all people. Anyway, yeah, I'll uh, take a look at that. That's interesting about uh, plenty of bats. And I think they overreacted. You're allowed to have a bat. It wasn't like he was smashing brag or anything like that. Oh, gosh, they only want us to say nice things. You know, they once got on my case because I said we have to fight for Trump. Like I was calling for violence. They, re- they really said the CNN did a report on that. How can he say that? How can he say You know what I was actually talking about? Writing letters. Writing letters to your uh, congressman about what happened here. Anyway, thank you, Sandra, very, very much. We'll see you later. Um, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, superstar. I want to get back to her in a little bit. Uh, the Scotland guy, we already did that. I was flabbergasted how bad the fake news was yesterday. The fake news is, you know, they talk about in-kind contributions, right? Like financial contributions uh, to a campaign. Everything they say is anti-Trump and pro-Democrat. Maybe they should be, that should be declared a campaign contribution to the Democrats. It's absurd. It is Nothing, nothing is not viewed or uh, processed outside of an anti-Trump prism. Now, I am very, very upfront on my opinion show here and across the street. I say, look, I'm pro-Trump. I like the guy. I like his style. I like his politics. And, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him. And I am very, very open about that. 
These other people pretend we are just delivering you the news. And what makes them special? What makes them more informed? What, that they got that big, stupid plastic desk? They got that big, dumb uh, 1992 set? And they think, what, they have access to more information than you do? No, you don't, actually. These reporters are not breaking a sweat. They're not going anywhere. They're just looking at their damn phone all day. Uh, Andrew, did you know that? Hello. Yes, I did know that. And also uh, what most of the reporters don't know, and if they do, they sweep it under the rug, which is anti-Semitic. George Soros did an interview. They claimed it was fake news. No, it was on mainstream, like 60 Minutes, where he was questioned about when he was 14. He was a so-called bird dog for the brown shirt Nazis. He would rat out identify who the Jewish families were, and then the Nazis would come and seize, arrest them and take their property. And the reporter said that would put a lot of people in the psychiatric chair having that guilt. And he laughed. He went, not at all, not at all. And then he showed a little remorse. He said, well, when you're young, you think different. But then he said he makes money when the markets crash. He said, if it's the same. If I didn't rat out who the Jewish families were to the Nazis, somebody else would have ratted them out. If I didn't make money off the markets crash. So to say that Soros is Jewish is appalling. It's like he describes himself as an atheist. And he was actually working with Nazis who then arrested Jews, some of which died in concentration. I saw that clip. I saw that clip with Steve Croft on 60 Minutes. And uh, I haven't seen, you know, I did, did, I, did I watch the entire report? But he seems to be making light of his role in um yeah, doing what you said, uh, outing uh, Jews who were in hiding, and that would be awful. And the guy does say, "Yeah, this didn't you get a guilt trip? Wouldn't you? Uh, didn't you need help with this? Uh, getting over it because of what you did?" And he's like, "No, not at all." He smiled, and I think he said, "Look, I was such a I was a kid. I was eleven years old. I didn't know what I was doing, but you might need mental uh, assistance if you actually did that." And now you're coming to terms with it. I think of things all the time I did when I was a kid. And I still feel guilty about it. I still cringe. I still wince. I was once very mean. I said something awful to it. I almost thought about calling, tracking them down and calling them up. One time I was actually able to apologize to somebody right to their face in at the high school reunion, at the 10-year high school reunion. And I was hoping that it was, you know, they had forgotten about it or it was all in my imagination. But I had insulted this um, this girl in front of about 100 people. And I made fun of her and I uh, could tell she took it very, very badly and, you know, kind of teared up. And and uh, I remember thinking, because it got a big, big laugh, you know, I remember I remember kind of liking it, liking the result. But I, I saw that she was upset and then I thought about it later and I, uh, anyway, it stuck with me for 10 years. And I was able to say, excuse me, can I use her first name? Amy, do you happen to remember about that time? And she said, oh, yes, I do. I'm sorry. Gosh, it felt good to apologize, and she seemed to accept my apology. And, um, oh, it's always good. It's always good. Forgiveness, you know? Forgiveness. Hey, did you see this poll that shows people are giving up on American values? Everything that made America great, they're not excited about anymore. People are losing faith in faith. That's a really dangerous. Uh, people are losing uh, uh, patriotism is no longer kind of considered admirable. It's a silly thing. These rates are plummeting. Like 80% of the people back in the late 90s thought patriotism was a good thing. Now that's down to about 39%. Major poll from the University of Chicago. 
Um, people are becoming more and more uh, irreligious. And I got to tell you, again, for me, and I, I, I think for you too, I think for everybody, but uh, I'll just talk about what it did for me. Um, you know, I went from irreligious and atheist and, uh, oh, I know more than anybody else. I'm just fine doing life on my terms. I'm, I'm gonna, when I want to have fun, I'm going to have fun. When I want to do this, I'm going to do that. And I was so wrong in so many ways, in every way. And somebody gave me a Bible. And of course, I, uh, in my smugness and arrogance and stupidity, I put it up on the shelf and didn't look at it for four years. And then one day, grace of God, I started reading it. And uh, man, things started happening. Things started, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight. It was a gradual thing. It was like going from being completely out of shape to kind of just, okay, becoming fitter and fitter and more and more prepared. So, so grateful. And you've heard me say this before. I will say it again, though. The Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, if you can get your hands on one of those, if, you, if, you, if my journey intrigues you, um, that's, the one, that's the one that helped me. They're all great, of course. Right? It's the, the Bible. It's perfect. It's God's... Oop, I'm out of time. Excuse me. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Greg Kelly has been great. 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 <laughs> All right, great. stop. <laughs> that was from uh, Waco, Texas, Donald Trump this past weekend, uh, complimenting me about my coverage of the January 6th situation and the uh, over-prosecution, uh, incarceration, and charging of the January 6th defendants. Uh, so appreciate that he noticed and uh, that he took a moment to uh, mention me along with Tucker Carlson, actually, and uh, Rob Schmidt. Great stuff from uh, uh, the president and <laughs> nobody else. Nobody else would do these things. Nobody else would show up, by the way, in Texas. Uh, basically, when is the Texas primary? It's over a year from now. It's one of the things they don't understand about Trump. He actually likes people. He talks to people. When it's not apparent that he actually needs them. You know, most politicians, they're there just just when it's time for the campaign, just on the eve of the vote. And then they don't come back for four years. Um, with Trump, it was like an ongoing conversation. He, he, he kept those rallies up, you know, in his first year in, as president. He was going out and talking to the people. And that's important. Talk about a guy who was never cut off in the bubble of the presidency. You hear about that, right? They don't know what's going on. They're cut off from... Uh, regular life. He knows everything that's going on, every little thing. And um, that's important. Hey, I was on a plane last night coming back from Florida. A couple of observations. Flight attendants, you guys have an incredibly difficult job. You really do. It's, uh, you know, I, I have a proposal on these flights. Maybe we should get rid of beverage service. I mean, can we, aren't we, can we bring our own drink at this point? You know what I mean? With you think about the logistical hassle it is to get everybody their little dinky drink and snack. I can bring my own stuff. Seriously, I don't like to see them work like that. Um, Wi-Fi has made it great. Free Wi-Fi at the airport. It takes the sting out of a lot of things. And nobody says hi to each other when they're sitting next to each other. Oh, I'm out of time again. Sorry. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So a little bit more information on that shooting in Nashville, a school shooting, three children killed, three adults 
at a religious school in Nashville, and police are reporting that the shooter was a 28-year-old woman, and she was actually killed by police. Something very rare, by the way, uh, uh, female mass shooters, but uh, uh, that's what we appear to have in this case. Uh, Just, wow, terrible stuff, and... um, uh, you know, there's always, you know, there will be a gun control hand wringing tonight. And I do wonder if um, guns in the hands of teachers or at least certain school administrators, principals would limit or inhibit shooters from pulling this kind of stuff. It takes a couple of minutes for cops to get there. It always will. But does it, but a, but a person in the school Maybe we should have a police officer in each school. Hey, oh, by the way, with that in mind, do you know what Eric Adams did for school safety agents in New York City? He pulled them out, drastically cut them. Mr. Law and Order, Mr. I know how to be a cop. I was a cop. Uh, He made schools very much less safe, much less safe for uh, New York City school kids. Absolutely. And those school safety agents, he, you know, he made noise like, well, we don't want them to think that they're uh, perpetrators or, you know, that, that there's, you know, there's not to be trusted. What I, I don't feel that way when I see cops. Is that what you're saying is the appropriate attitude? Because the school safety agents were dressed very much like police officers and they pulled a lot of them out. And now we're seeing violence in schools uh, go up big time in New York. I notice he's still having a... A gay old time. He's up in Albany today, wearing a new suit, giggling, laughing. Yeah, just uh, just having, you know, I got approached actually um, several times this weekend about the whole mayor thing. And uh, here's the deal, though. If I do it, I'm going to have to get busy real quick. <laughs> it's uh, the election, the primary, is actually less than, do you realize it was two years ago? June of 2021 is when we elected this fool. I didn't, you didn't. I mean, in New York is overwhelmingly Democrat, so uh, you know it was the deck was stacked literally against Curtis, who would have been a t- light years better as mayor of this city. Anyway, oh, this reminds me also, though, I was telling you about that thing with school shooters. Very, very rare. Um, in general, it is. I mean, it seems like it's uh, exploding, but they're 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 rare. And female shooters. And I was right in 1979. There was a case in San Diego. They call it the Cleveland Elementary School Shooting, a school shooting that took place on January 29, 1979 at Grover Cleveland Elementary School in San Diego, California. The principal and a custodian were killed. Eight children and police officer Robert Robb were injured. A 16-year-old girl, Brenda Spencer, who lived in a house across the street from the school, was convicted of the shootings. Charged as an adult, she pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon and was sentenced to life in prison with a chance of parole after 25 years. A reporter reached Spencer by phone while she was still in the house after the shooting and asked her why she committed the crime. She reportedly answered, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. How about that? I don't like Mondays. Brenda Spencer is still in jail, in prison. She's 60 years old. And yeah, she's eligible for uh, for parole, and that comes up every now and then. But no, she's still in the joint, and she belongs there. But remember the—I I, I guess I—it's I, not a David Bowie song; it's a Bob Geldof song, right? All right, let's hear that. This is uh, this song was inspired by her. The "I Don't Like Mondays" thing. 
silicon chip inside her head gets switched to overload and nobody's gonna go to school today she's gonna make them stay at home hey. It's kind of a gross song. I don't like Bob Geldof. Well, do we want to get to the I, I don't like Mondays part? All right, that's fine. Bob Geldof, the Boomtown Rats. What's that guy up to anymore? Uh, oh, here's something that has nothing to do with this stuff, and it's very, very beautiful. Oh, I was in Florida. And I was with my wife and our baby. We could not take both babies. We left another one at home because uh, she's just too young to travel, okay? When you're one, you can't be going on planes. It keeps everybody up. And so we took the three-year-old. Um, and we had this very ten. We had some beautiful, beautiful moments with her. This one was especially nice, okay? So we had just said goodbye to her grandparents and because uh, we were there in... There in um, as a certain part of Florida, we were going to another part of Florida and I had a little conversation and she was saying such beautiful things. So I recorded it on my iPad. Uh, let's hear that. Ray. He's, he's in the park. Stop. I should explain. Uh, I don't know how this happened or why this happened, but she calls my, <laughs> she calls my father Ray by her first name. Doesn't call him grandpa, calls him Ray. And that's okay. It's kind of a thing. And she calls uh, um, her grandmother Mama. All right, keep going. In the apartment. With who? With Mama. And what were they doing when you saw them say goodbye? What were they doing? Do you remember? They Down. were giving the five to me. Stop. And giving the five to me. That means high five. It's her thing. She loves to do the high five. But listen to this part, because I noticed my parents were doing something else as well, and I asked her about it. They were holding hands too, right? Yeah. Why do they hold hands? Because because they love each other. That's true. So nice. Why are you That's Mrs. Kelly in the background there, okay? So nice indeed, huh? Oh boy. And then I know she's gonna grow up and gonna be bombarded by all this stuff out there, all this horrible, noxious stuff and I'm worried. I'm uh, concerned. Uh, I guess every father, every mother is about their children and what the hell the world's going to look like in 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, I just don't want her penalized for anything that she had nothing to do with, quite frankly. And she had nothing to do with her gender. And she had nothing to do with her ethnicity. And she had nothing to do with her skin color. And I don't want those things being held against her. And right now in America, that seems like it's a very real thing. Very real. Uh, I also would like it uh, if she grew up in a society that was somewhat virtuous, right? Had a reverence for God. Uh, will, you know, you can only do so much as a parent. I know that. But listen to this. This is the kind of country that I'm worried about. Americans pull back from values that once defined U.S. Wall Street Journal NORC poll finds patriotism, religious faith, having children, and other priorities that help define the national character for generations are receding in importance to Americans, a new Wall Street Journal NORC poll finds, the Wall Street Journal reports. Uh, the survey conducted uh, at the University of Chicago at their nonpartisan research organization also finds the country sharply divided by political party over social trends, 
such as the push for racial diversity in business and the use of gender-neutral pronouns. Some 38% of respondents said patriotism was very important to them, and 39% said religion was very important. That was down sharply from when the journal asked that question in 1998, when 70% deemed patriotism to be very important, and 62% said so of religion. Isn't that amazing? You see how that's... the. the <laughs> We can't hold it together. We're not going to be able to hold it together for much longer as a country. Uh, if, we, if, if, if we abandon the country and we abandon God, we're not going to make it. <laughs> we are not going to make it. And we can, but we have to have a fundamental realignment. You know that stupid phone? Everything in it makes me anxious and nervous, and I don't like anything. I had a very good weekend in that regard. I used it, what do they say, with intention. I was never just sitting there browsing, all right? I was, I was, if I wanted to Google something, if I wanted to find out information, I picked up the phone and I found that information. I wasn't going to let some algorithm show me products or stuff that they, it somehow knows that I want or secretly crave or whatever the hell it is. They're messing with our lives. They're messing with our brains. Somebody said, we are a great big brain experiment for big tech. What's happening right now, we are being rewired. This is Darwinian. Something really, really fundamental is shifting in our chemical makeup. Back to the story. The share of Americans who say that having children, involvement in their community, and hard work are very important values has also fallen. Tolerance for others, deemed very important by 80% of Americans as recently as four years ago, has fallen to 58% since then. Bill McInturf a pollster who worked on a previous journal survey that measured these attitudes along with NBC News said that these differences are so dramatic it paints a new and surprising portrait of a changing America. He surmised that perhaps the toll of our political division, COVID, and the lowest economic confidence in decades is having a startling effect on our core values. A number of events have shaken and in some ways fractured the nation since the journal first asked about unifying values, among them the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks, the financial crisis of 2008, and subsequent economic downturn and the rise of former President Donald Trump. The only priority the journal tested that has grown in importance in the past quarter century is money, which was cited as very important by 43% in the new survey, up from 31% in 1998. Aside from money, all age groups, including seniors, attached far less importance to these priorities and values than when pollsters asked them about them in 1998 and 2019. But younger Americans in particular place low importance on these values, many of which were central to the lives of their parents. Some 23% of adults under age 30 said in the new survey that patriotism was very important to them personally, compared with 59% of seniors ages 65 or older. Some 31% of younger respondents said that religion was very important to them, compared with 55% among seniors. Only 23% of adults under age 30 said that having children was very important. You realize... This is like, this is red alert stuff. You know, if I hear one more word about climate change, this, this will doom us. I'm not worried about the water. I'm worried about this. 
We all should be. And we all should be ambassadors for what is good, what is healthy, what is wholesome. We shouldn't be afraid of it. I don't care if we're not viewed as cool or stylish or if we don't have enough followers on social media. Right? Are you gonna are we just gonna like roll over and keep our heads down? Don't worry, I'm not talking about protesting. Because you can't talk about protesting, right? We're not talking about protesting. And by the way, I don't like anybody who violently does anything outside of authorized use of force by police and or the military. Uh, But this, too many people want us to roll over and just conform, conform, conformity. Hey, one other thing about the airlines, um, the flight attendants work very, very hard. I think we should stop the drink service, bring your own food. Uh, I mean, let's face it, they don't serve meals anymore. What, you know, the, the, just the, that big dumb cart. Why do they have that big cart in the middle of the aisle and nobody can get around it when it's time to go to the, you know, right? What else do we do on the plane that's terrible? Um, mm, everything's too expensive at the airport. But generally speaking, I like it. Oh, the Homeland Security guys. The uh, the TSA people, they're very good. They got it down to a science. And I, as much as I can't stand the technology, and maybe this is a bad thing, everybody just kind of go. We were delayed about, all told, four hours last night. Four hours altogether. Four hours. Now, in 1995, there would have been, <laughs> been some hell to pay, right? You know, people would have gotten very, very upset. But we have our digital devices, and I was like, fine. I mean, we're just going to do this when we get to wherever the hell we're going anyway. So what difference does it make if we're doing it here? It's made people far more compliant. And you want compliant people at the airport, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there, there we all are, sucking on the digital thumb. Give me a moment, please. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wear something nice at your own risk. Uh, They are looking for nice sneakers, nice jackets, nice watches. And there is a real market out there. I had a friend of mine in Florida driving down the street and, and the window was open slightly and a guy pulls up right next to him and wants to know if it's a... I forgot the name of the watch. Audemars Piguet or something like that. Audemars Piguet. It's a very expensive high end Swiss watch. And it was. It was an Audemars Piguet. It's like, is that an Audemars Piguet? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. And it got very hostile. And uh, I don't want anybody to know. That happened to me about four years ago, walking down the street in the middle of, actually more recently, it was during COVID. And a guy, I thought he was, a, I mean, he looked really strung, strung out. He looked like he was on drugs. And I, he seemed oblivious to everything. And then he notices my watch and he tells me the model number. Is that a blah, 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 blah? I'm like, ooh, ooh. I think I'll be leaving this thing at home. I think I'm going to leave this uh, this thing at home. All right. Let me uh, check in with Maria real quick. Maria, hi. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Just a quick comment. Joe Biden, sadly, will never step foot in Mississippi where those poor people were devastated by the tornadoes this past weekend. Just like he never stepped foot in East Palestine, Ohio. Why? Because they're both red states, they both have Republican governors, and I was under the assumption that the president of the United States was the president of everyone. Well, all right, hold on, Maria. Listen, I can't stand the guy either, all right? But I wouldn't rule it out that he's 
He might go there. He might wind up going there. Now, here's one of the reasons, and I wish he treated America as one country, you know, president of all. But I happen to notice that I believe that this was primarily an African-American neighborhood in Mississippi, at least uh, some of the reports and footage that I saw indicate that. So, you know, Joe, he uh, he he does like to divide and conquer and he plays all kinds of race games. So he might show up. East Palestine, as you know, overwhelmingly white and was a solidly red county. Not every county in Mississippi is red. All right. So I have a feeling I, I don't know about that. And it's not over yet. So so we'll see. Anything else? God bless Newsmax. They are the only news channel that consistently covers all of President Trump's rallies. God bless them. Kudos it, to them. It, well, to them. To yes, to us, absolutely. And uh, you heard, you heard Donald Trump's uh, shout out. You heard that thing. You heard what he said. Let's do well, it one more time. Here we go. This was at the rally. If you were watching, Maria, you saw this. Please uh, go ahead with that, please. Greg Kelly has been great. Greg Kelly has been great. All right, play the whole one where he he talks about Newsmax, too. It's great that he says my name, but let's do the... Greg Kelly has been great. Rob over there has been great. Newsmax just got its 15 million people back, which is great. Yeah, it is great. And uh, it's very nice uh, that he did that, that he recognized that. Anyway, Maria, thank you. Oops, give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands. Under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Actually, in about a week or so, the whole thing. 
They played it at the top of the rally in Waco, President Trump, that is President Trump and the, what they call the January 6th choir. That was recorded while those guys were in prison. It was recorded, I believe, over the phone. It's amazing. It was the number one tune on iTunes for uh, several weeks. Uh, probably still is now, but uh, they're messing with the arithmetic a little bit, the algorithms. Um, what else about that? You know, I heard some people on the fake news, they complained that Donald Trump showed that at the rally. Oh, that video shows January 6th footage, January 6th. Oh, it's January 6th. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think one day we may have the entire story. We may know the full deal. All right. About the election. Let me ask you this about the election. Do you think that the that the fake news, the deep state, the Democrats, the FBI, even they were just going to sit back after the first two ridiculous impeachments in Russia, Russia, Russia. Were they just going to. Well, all right. May the best man win on Election Day. <laughs> were they just going to just see what happens, see how the election turns out? You know, that you work hard, you campaign your heart out and. And then November 6th, whatever, comes along, and I don't think so. I don't think they were just going to see what happens. They were never going to trust the American people again. Never, ever, ever after what happened in 2016. So they were lying and cheating every step of the way. And I think it just stands to reason that they probably did that regarding the election. Probably so. Donald Trump, more votes than any president in presidential history, gets beaten by basement dweller Joe Biden. I just uh, it's, I don't have I don't have the proof yet. I don't. I have got a lot of circumstantial evidence, and uh, I also have my gut. And I get a good. I'm, I'm 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 well. Look, people. Everybody thinks they have a good hunch about things, but <sighs> and Donna Brazil. On ABC this week, she was really horrified that they were showing the January 6th footage. Well, you know what you can see in that footage? Police abuse of January 6th protesters. They never talk about that. I mean, we talk about Ashley Babbitt getting shot and killed. That's the ultimate abuse. But there are all kinds of examples of the police beating up January 6th protesters. Hard. I, I, I've seen it. There's one where they knock a guy off of a wall. Well, they shouldn't have been climbing on that wall. Yeah, but the 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 penalty for climbing on a wall is not getting your head broken in. You don't get pushed off the wall. It doesn't work that way. But the left, they love to excuse it because actually they think I think they they want fascism, and they want cops with unchecked power, unelected, armed. The authorities have arms. You don't. Yelling and screaming at us, yelling and screaming at our elected representatives, and too few of them willing or able to stand up and push back against that stuff. Hmm. 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 I want to play one more thing here from uh, the rally. Cut 23, if you don't mind. Cut 23, Saturday night in Waco, Texas. Either the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the way it's got to be. We're at a very pivotal point in our country. Either we descend into a lawless abyss of open borders, rampant killings, super hyperinflation, which is what we have right now and not coming down, and festering corruption, or we evict Joe Biden and the Democrats from the White House and we make America great again. Well, I love it. 
I am worried. I'm worried about how uh, how we will win. How do we win? I I think they'll cheat. I do. I do. I do. Some of them will. They won't do. I don't know what they won't do to prevent him from becoming president again. They seem to have uh, no limits. Nothing. Nothing. Hey, Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, that guy is turning out to be a real low life. Not that I had high hopes. I'll get to him later tonight. All right, uh, Max in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kelly, thanks for taking my call. Listen, um, you were praising the uh, TSA agent. Yes, I and, was. Uh, yes, I was. Now, you're going to nitpick me on that? What, did you have a negative experience? Why don't you leave these people alone, okay? They do a reasonably good job. What's your deal, Max? I'm sorry. They're going to turn into some sort of uh, neo-Bolshevik. Uh, Neo-Bolshevik. Wow. I mean, uh, number one, most of them are unarmed, uh, but some of them are. I don't know. I don't. I mean, you realize we can't have bombs and underwear bombs and, and, and guns and all that kind of stuff on the planes, right? We got to keep that stuff off the planes. You know that, right? So, I, I mean, yeah. So, so what's the problem with the TSA? Is it a theoretical problem or is it a practical problem? It's a, it's, it's a, a it's, it's 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 it seems more theoretical neo Bolshevik. I mean, come on. I mean, we need we need that. We need that at the airport, and they do a pretty damn good job. I mean, you try you try uh, negotiating. Uh, I don't know how many passengers do we have a day in America. Two million, two million getting from outside the airport to on the plane and off the plane, and making sure that they don't have weapons or bombs or gasoline or who the hell knows what. Come on, Max. I mean, so what's the deal? What, all right, make the case against the TSA. What's wrong? Excuse me. They're, they're nasty. They throw their shoes back. All right, that's you. That's you. That's your experience. You know what? They get the worst all day long from, you know what, passengers. We can be a pretty uh, unkind group. And you know, the flight attendants get it a lot as well. And I know the tendency when you're in the service-based industry, you know, you, you get one bad customer. It can turn you off to like oh, the next 100 customers. And that's uh, that's a thing that they have to deal with. But uh, no, I disagree. Generally speaking, I uh, I have a very positive experience. I had one negative experience is like in 2004. What I do when I go to the airport is I put my body on droop. I really do. I just kind of like, mm, and I just kind of like schlep along. You just kind of like. You kind of put yourself in a in a relaxed kind of just go go with the flow kind of state. You shouldn't do that most of the time, but definitely at the airport when you're with uh, thousands of people going from here to there. All right, Max, I'm sorry you didn't have a nice experience, but I have a feeling it might be an attitudinal situation on your part, Max. I still love you, though. Barbara. Oh, Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Hi, Greg. Hi. Hey, I'm looking at um, what Thomas Jefferson had to say about what's going on right now with the treatment of Trump. He said the most sacred of the duties of a government is to do equal and impartial justice to all its citizens. Equal and impartial justice to all its citizens. And uh, they're not uh, they're not doing that with Trump, right, with this uh, unfair prosecution. We see Trump compared to how Biden is being treated with all the money we know the Biden family is getting. We see the January 6th prisoners treatment compared to the rioters for Black Lives Matter and Antifa. We see the pro-lifers who are attacked, who are in their homes, you know, taken and arrested with guns and, and compared to the people who the FBI can't find the people who do damage to the pro-life uh, clinics, because after all, these people do that damage at night. 
and we see the school board parents who are declared to be the worst possible people in the world compared to the drag queens who are out there influencing our children. That is not equal justice. That's what Thomas Jefferson was certainly talking about. I love it. Hey, do me a favor. Give me that give me that Tom Jefferson quote one more time. The most sacred of the duties of a government is to do equal and impartial justice to all its citizens. You know what? I like the most sacred, the most sacred. This is the most important thing. And obviously, as you just beautifully summarized, we're all over the place right now. And that is uh, where we're failing. We're failing our most sacred duty. And we see it's happening right downtown right now with that crazy guy, uh, Nashville in uh, in uh, in Bra- in, uh, sorry here in New York, Alvin Bragg. Uh, thank you, Barbara, very very much. Joe Biden is supposed to speak about the shooting in Nashville, and you know what he did? <laughs> he just came in and talked about ice cream for the first uh, two minutes. No kidding, he joked about all the ice cream he has in his in his freezer. Did he start talking about this yet? It doesn't matter. He is not leading. He is not leading. He had an opportunity to lead earlier this weekend. And uh, he blew it off. This guy is not interested. He's interested in the perks. He's interested in the power and in protecting himself and Hunter. And yeah, selling us out. $3 million. Hey, not even, you have it? Or do we want to listen to it? Let's go. Number two? Who's number three? You're twins? Are you guys twins? Okay. All right. This how this I was in our outfit. Well, I'm so glad to see you all. Thanks for coming with mom, okay? You got to take care of your mom. All right, this is, I don't care about that, all right? Just gibberish from Joe. Okay, Uh, let me see. He's going to try to blame MAGA Republicans. Uh, He'll put the blame on MAGA Republicans. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Joe just came out made another plug for the assault weapons ban. And he said, probably erroneously, that the uh, suspect, who's now dead, 28-year-old woman, uh, accused shooter in the Nashville shooting that happened today, six adults killed, six children, um, that she had two AK-47s. That's very, very unlikely. Very unlikely. I think Joe is... um, more likely would be AR-15s, but I would just, I think he got that wrong. I also noticed that Joe, what did he say? He said he was very garbled. Like, at this point, we offer our concerns and thoughts. Our concerns and thoughts. You know, from the left, they hate it. They hate it when a president talks about religion. They really hated it when Donald Trump talked about Jesus. You're not supposed to do that anymore, right? You're not supposed to even acknowledge a, a deity. You might offend somebody. You might offend an atheist. You might offend somebody. So you can't do it. You got to water it down and water it down and water it down to the point that you got a president who's saying, we offer our thoughts and concerns or our concerns and our thoughts. Is that incredibly weak? Is that just, and this, as we look at this new poll, um, 40% of Americans think patriotism is important compared to 80% just um, in the late 1990s. And uh, similar numbers for religion, 39% think it's important, where 70% thought so 20 years ago. Uh, We are spiraling out of control right now with no end in sight. Janine in New York, hello. Yes. 
Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm so excited to get through. I am so excited to get through. I, I, I don't want to take up your time. I just wanted to put a comment out. I know when I, I'm in the car, by the way, I'm going to pull over. Um, well, be careful. Don't worry about, about it. No big deal. System. Just what? You, you were talking about the deterioration of patriotism in America. Yes. And I wanted to let you know, because I have children that are older than yours, and I was a public school child. I did go to Catholic high school. I sent my children to public. I have since removed them both. Um, my daughter went to a middle school and came home and told me that when in the morning when you come in and everybody says the pledge, that the kids were told... If you're not comfortable participating, it's okay. You don't. It's, uh, they actually announced that with the pledge. This is sixth, seventh, and eighth. That's crazy. And Where is this school? I'm you, afraid to tell you. You don't have to say the name. Just you know, ge- ge- New York. Ge- well, geographically, where is I live it? in Staten Island. Hey, let me tell I you something. All right, uh, Janine, I, I hate to. But you know what? We can't be afraid anymore, okay? We can't be afraid, all right? What are you afraid of? What are they going to do? This is still America, all right? I don't want to pressure you to say something you don't want to say. But if this happened at a school, I think we need to know. And you need to stand up. And I know you got kids involved and whatever. And you don't need to stand up. You're doing a great job right now just calling in. But isn't that amazing? We're, we're See how intimidated we are? Not that you're intimidated, but maybe a little bit. I don't know, Janine. Anyway, keep going. I just want to say that you might not be aware that this is what's going on. And I understand that this is not this school specific. What do you mean I'm not aware that this is going on? This is happening. I mean, Janine, this is not a newsflash. This is terrible and it's happening and it's real. And then they'll, you know, this is happening. But what we do have an opportunity, we have an opportunity right now, Janine, you do, and I can help whatever you want me to do, I'll do. But I don't know. I mean, look, I don't like that you said, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to, you know, I mean, why not? No, because I don't know. Staten Island is very small. And you know what? I can't imagine that there are too many people on Staten Island who don't think that you're, who they think you're right. They don't think you're wrong. They think you're right. Right. I mean, Staten Island, Staten Island, it's a red County. It's a common sense County. They're not going to, you don't have to do anything right now, but this does kind of concern me. You got Donald Trump up there. The whole world is coming out after him. And I've said before, we got to be kind of, you know, there's a little bit of Trump in all of us. Are we going to be afraid of this? But did you take your kids out of the school? Is that what you said you did? Well, one graduated out. But um, I also want to tell you, Staten Island is on its own as far as being red. You know, the four other boroughs are very happily blue. and they don't, you know, we're swimming upstream. We are swimming upstream, and that's just the way it is. I, I feel like I don't hear I don't hear the mothers, unless they're keeping it to themselves, I don't hear them saying what I'm saying. That's it. That, I mean, I was very upset when she came home and told me that, that, that it, 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 this is a thing. All right. I'm sorry, that, but, that, you know, Janine, actually... I, I feel, I mean, yeah, this is terrible, but... Almost as bad. I want you to be, I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want, this is still America. You can say this is the school and it's terrible and it's wrong and we got to stop it. I mean, 
Too many people are delegating. Well, somebody else will fix it. Somebody else will do something about it. I'm not coming down on you, Janine. I just, I, and I know the feeling. I understand. I, I've seen it before, though. I've seen it like, you know, rank and file people are actually just taking a back seat, you know, keeping their head down. And I don't think that's the time for this anymore. I, I really don't. And I don't think we can just watch this unfold on television and hope it's going to come out well. We all have to do our part including you, including me, including everybody. And I know it gets very touchy with when we got our kids and we don't want our kids penalized or whatever, but of course we don't want our kids being taught these horrible lessons either. So um, that's how I, I, uh, I... Can you hear me? Yeah. I just want to say that um, you asked or you mentioned how is this starting, this, this deterioration of patriotism. It's starting at the low, the low levels, the, the low of education that they're, they're planting the seed. Hey, they're listen, the you seed. know what? You know who I mean? <laughs> At some point I'm going to lose my feelings of patriotism. If what, if America stands for exporting LGBTQIA to countries that don't want it, which, Oh, by the way, is happening right now. Major story about that. Uh, in the journal, I think today that they're, they're, they're pushing this stuff on countries that don't want it. I mean, at one point, you know, it's like, okay, what do I support anymore? Am I supporting, I don't know. Am I doing it for old time's sake? Country isn't a look. It's worth uh, fighting for and sticking up for. And I think it it's worth maybe Janine going on Facebook or writing a letter to that principal, taking a stand. Let's take a stand. We, this is going to happen with the people. No one's going to do it for us. Janine, thank you. Very thought provoking. Uh, and thank you to the rest. I'm sorry I got to go. There's the music. Uh, I'll see you tonight at Newsmax at 10 o'clock. All the best to you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.